We're back. This is the third episode of our podcast. Hey. And, and uh, first two, I thought we were all right. Uh, I, I like I like where we're going with it. I think the the touching on questions that have come in, they're ac- these are actual questions that we have received, whether a lot of these are coming through Facebook, but um, lots of different platforms that we receive them. I think it's easier for me to be able to answer them verbally i can get a lot more into detail and we can kind of go off in different directions it's easier for me to do that than just typing so um steph is with me again and helping me kind of keep my focus and and stay on track she got a little upset with me on our time last time i went over it was like 34 minutes it's supposed to be 30 it's supposed to be 30 i went over (laughs) i said i'm i'm comfortable with it i my in my head i had 35 in mind so if i'm under 35 i'm pretty satisfied so she's gonna help i I told her i'd make it up we could do 25 on this one so in in the end in the end we will average so uh i think we will get started with it now this was um this was an interesting question and I'm going to paraphrase it just, I think, so it makes sense to everybody. But we set the stage. This guy's a deer hunter, and he was out with his dog, and he saw some rabbits. So he wanted to be able to see if his dog would actually chase rabbits. So he sent the dog on it. Track the rabbit. He wanted to see if the dog would track it, track I think the he rabbit. said. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so the dog did. He said, find it, and the dog started going for the rabbits. But then all of a sudden, he got really nervous called his dog off because he put himself in the situation let's say this fall he shoots a deer dogs tracking his wounded or fatally wounded deer and then all of a sudden he sees a rabbit is the dog gonna go off and chase the rabbit so that was kind of where he took a step back called his dog off and said is this something that i should be having my dog do or not to track rabbits and that's his question that affect what yeah. would happen in the field if he is tracking a wounded animal? So that so that was the question he kind of sent to me. Now, a little background on that. I met this guy actually this a uh, couple weeks ago. We were at a we did a seminar. This guy came to the seminar. So he sent me this message after. So there is some probably some some connection to that cuz in that seminar was following a week where I actually rabbit hunted and and we did some stuff on on Facebook actually we showed some videos Instagram too I think mm-hmm. we showed some videos we showed some stuff that I was doing and I was using one of our dogs Ellie as our retriever and we had beagles and the beagles were running rabbits we were shooting rabbits and I was using my dog to make retrieves and so I I think this is where the the rabbit whole rabbit thing came up because that actually got a lot of really I thought it was really received interesting. I think some people were really surprised to see me doing it with my labs. And these are dogs that I'm shed hunting with. And I'm doing, not everyone knows, but a lot of people know that Ellie is a dog that is one of our personal dogs. I use her for Upland. I use her for, as a gun dog, do waterfall stuff with her. Um, I shed hunt with her as well. I haven't tracked with her. Um, She's only two and I haven't tracked with her. So I'm not worried about it. I think she will track. It's just a matter of time for me to put in, and and so, but, so I think a lot of people saw that rabbit thing and, and were intrigued by it and interested in the idea of what what really I was doing there. Now, with this question, I go back. So so first off, I have to ask myself or I have to ask him. You know, I think you got to look at what the what is your goals with your dog. Now, does it say what kind of dog he had? I think he had a lab. Um, his name is Coco. The, the dog. She, her name is Coco. I, I think it's a lab. So 
first off, I will say this. Like, part of the question is, is what are your, what do you want to do with the dog in the end? I personally like dogs that hunt. I think dogs that hunt a lot of stuff are better hunters. I think athletes that are young and play lots of sports develop into better athletes. And I think it's because they expose themselves to lots of different things in the sporting world. They develop different skill sets. They develop different hand-eye coordination, muscle memory stuff. A a football player, a baseball player, and a basketball player, a good athlete can play all three and can usually play all three pretty well. That goes for just about any sport because I think good athletes excel in athletics. But when you specialize, I don't think you develop as a well-rounded athlete if you specialize in sports. So I think the same is true with dogs. I think hunting dogs hunt. The more you hunt with them, the better off they are. Now, so that's a real general statement. So I say, do I think it's a bad idea for him to be tracking rabbits? Not at all. Not at all. I don't think that's a bad idea. I did it with Ellie. Ellie was not trained to be a rabbit dog. Now, I wasn't tracking with her rabbits. I was retrieving rabbits with her. She's trained to be a retriever, but I'd never retrieved rabbits with her. And in fact, it took a little while. We had to shoot a few. I had to set up some drills with her right then in the field for her to truly understand what I wanted her to do. Like literally she would run over them the first couple times when I gave her a hunt command because she was looking for something else because I've never sent her on a retrieve for a rabbit before. And honestly, we have a lot of rabbits around here and she's not allowed to free chase them. I don't let her run rabbits. I don't, if she sees them, she's not allowed to free chase them. She's a pheasant dog. We have pheasants walking around all over our land because we let them go and they live here and they eat out of our bird feeder. And <laughs> they, our dogs see them constantly and they are not allowed to chase them. They're not allowed to free run them. They're not allowed to flush them on their own terms. They are allowed to when I let them. They have to work through those very tempting distractions to be to re- and remain under control. So for me, when I sent the dogs on retrieves for rabbits for the first couple of times, they looked at me like I was crazy. What do you mean? You're going to let me actually pick one of these things up? If it's alive, you're going to allow me to go get it and bring it back to you? Because for a long, long time, I haven't. So with Coco, you get into a situation, what I really like about the messages is he says, I see this, you know, and this guy's a track, I think he's a tracker. So he's talking about tracking. When he says tracking, he's talking game recovery. So he's tracking deer in the fall. Now in this situation, he sees this rabbit. He says, I wonder if the dog will track it. He gives the dog a hunt command. This is what I like about it. He gave his dog a hunt command, find it. That's what I think he said, find it, didn't he? Mm -hmm. I use find it. And I think I use find it universally. It doesn't matter if we're finding rabbits. It doesn't matter if we're finding sheds. It doesn't matter if we're finding birds. Hunt command, when they're little puppies, I started out, I say find it, find it, find it, find it, find it. Over and over and over and over again. It sounds the same. The tone's the same. The cadence is the same. The dogs hear it. Their ears instantly perk and their noses start to work because they associate it with something positive that will be found if they use their nose. That You back up in all of our the beginning of our... Um, it's in our shed DVD, which is new. That's the new one coming out. I have five chapters with five different dogs on Hunt Command. And I show from little baby puppies all the way up to four and a half year old dogs on how I bring out Hunt Command. So I like that he uses the command, find it, and the dog starts to hunt. Gets on the track and then tracks off. 
What I really like about it is, I think he says in there, he decided, you know, on the fly, he's wondering, oh, maybe that wasn't the best idea, and he calls the dog back off. Didn't yeah, he say he that? Said he got nervous because if she was tracking a wounded animal, he didn't want her to pull away and then go to the rabbit. So he called her back off of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that you were able to call the dog off. What it tells me is you've got real nice control. Okay, so that's a fundamental, foundational thing. I love the sound of that. So getting back to the specific question of, do is it bad for that dog to be tracking rabbits because he's going to use it as a tracking dog for game recovery? I say no, as long as you have the ability to control. And so you do, it sounds like, have the ability to control and call off. Now, here's why I say no, because I think my... No, you don't think he should do it or no, it's not bad? I say no, it's not bad. Because I don't think, I think hunt is hunt. No different than if I take a dog out, like Ellie did not rabbit hunt. I never trained her with a rabbit, right? I never trained her with a rabbit before this, the big rabbit hunt. But I took her out and I trained her for birds. She's picked up antlers. She's picked up real hides from tracking. Um, I've done training stuff with her. I just never, never recovered a deer with her but she's picked up a lot of different objects she's picked up tennis balls um i i don't know if i've ever done it with her but i've had some dogs where i teach well we had newman with the beer he picked up pop (laughs) bottles i had the other day we used hold conditioning and we used the new dvd and i had the puppy hold the dvd and i took some pictures and i shot some videos with it so hold has helped me transfer into i could i could teach dogs to go get the paper i can get you know retrievers that retrieve the paper a lot of people think that's fancy training that's gun dog stuff that's bird dog stuff they like to retrieve stuff you just associate certain objects with retrieve and when the paper is introduced and understood that that gets a retrieve now all of a sudden the paper becomes the bird for the bird dog it becomes the antler for the antler dog it becomes the rabbit for the rabbit dog but what I like about the idea of this was it took me a while to get Ellie to understand that the rabbit was was not off limits. Prior to this, it had been off limits. I was able to say, no, I want you to retrieve that. It's okay to retrieve that. Go ahead. Now, does that mean that I can't bird hunt with her anymore because she retrieved a rabbit? No, because when it comes into the bird situation, she's not allowed to go free chase birds either. But when I want her to and give her the ability to say, okay, go ahead, find it, now all of a sudden the nose starts to work and as long as she comes across one of these objects that she put back in her long-term memory, because for the last, she's two years old, so for the last year and 10 months, we've been ingraining good habits into the dog and across that period of time, she's been introduced to certain smells, certain shapes, certain feels, that are going to equal a retrieve. The reason the dog didn't retrieve the rabbit was because I never introduced it for her. So what I did was on the fly, literally that moment, she didn't retrieve for me the rabbit. I went over there. She knew it was there. She certainly could smell it. She looked at it. I got her real excited about it. I said, get it, get it, get it, get it. She went like she was going to pick it up. And I said, good girl, that's a good girl. And she picked it up and she brought it to me two feet. And I said, hold good girl and i praised her for it praised her for it and you could just see in her mind she went oh that's it that's what he wanted me to bring back so what i did at that moment was i built off of it i told her to heal i took the rabbit i pitched it i walked 25 30 yards from where i had shot it 
I turned around, I lined her up, and I sent her on the retrieve. She ran right to it, picked it up, and brought it back to me like she'd done it a million times. And the reason was is because she reverted back to all the stuff we'd done in training, and she just realized, oh, this rabbit is the same as that canvas bumper or that fire hose bumper. It's the same as that training dummy. It's the same as that antler. It equals a retrieve. And from that moment on, she did really well. Now, if I decided that that was really good, if I got to the point where my dog decided we're hunting and she sees a rabbit and she gone see ya she's gonna run it the next couple hundred yards and i can't say no beep 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 beep, and i peep my whistle and all of a sudden the dog stops turns and comes back to me i've got a problem because control. control if you've got a pheasant dog that's a good pheasant dog goes through the field of crp grass jumps a deer and runs the deer does that mean you have a bad pheasant dog No, it means you have a pheasant dog that has a control problem where it's going to chase things, not things you want it to chase. So the tracking dog tracks. And when you put the dog on the track, tracking it's no different than if you put a tracking dog on a track and it goes through a bedding area. Let's say it goes through a swamp that's full of deer and they're bedded up in there. Well, your dog is tracking one deer. It's a specific deer. Tracking dogs don't follow deer. They follow a specific deer. So when that dog, and every deer has a unique scent. I mean, this is a whole other su- subject and topic. But when you can, when you got a tracking dog, it follows that specific deer. And when it goes through the, the bedding area and it jumps two other deer that were laying in there and it sees them run off, that tracking dog should not, will not, can't switch and go follow the ones that are running because th- he'll never catch those. They're never, he's never going to get those. Unless it's the wounded one, they're never going to catch up to him. So the tracking dog works through those distractions, stays on the track, gets to the end, finds the deer, gets the reward, gets the praise. The tracking dog that's tracking a deer and a rabbit runs out of the brush pile and takes off running, that dog might go, ooh, I've done that before. Nope, I can't. I'm on the track. I'm following the track. And so that comes with training, preparing, having them understand their job is to work through distractions. And so distractions come up in life all the time for people and dogs. And back to discipline. We've talked about that. We've used some keywords in the last few episodes of this podcast, and discipline is one of them. Back, it goes back to discipline. You have to be disciplined enough to work through distractions. And that's not just in training, but then that's in the real thing. So we have to prepare them for those situations in our training to be able to handle it when we get out into the real world. So I liked Coco's situation because I liked Coco got called off of it. I liked the idea of he gave her a hunt command and she hunted and started tracking. I like all that stuff. If it got to the point where Coco got a hunt command, went after a rabbit, and he couldn't get Coco back, I got issues. It has nothing to do with tracking. It has nothing to do with hunting rabbits. It has everything to do with control and recall. So that red flag goes up and I go, I know what I need to work on. I need to work on recall. I need to work on stopping to distractions, recalling to the whistle, being able to maintain the control in tempting situations. Yeah. I think I want to go back then to the question at the beginning. So obviously the recall is important. And having the control is important, but I think if people were to come to our house, and like you mentioned, you look in our backyard and there's literally 
six, seven pheasants every morning eating out of our bird feeders. We'll let Ellie outside and she'll go to the bathroom and she'll do her thing and she doesn't acknowledge them. But she's also a pheasant dog. Yep. What is the best way, instead of having that control and calling them off, how do you turn on that hunt? Well, people her? will cringe. I, I know guys will cringe at this. I know rabbit guys. Like, here's my thing. I am going to, and you know this, but <laughs> I am going to get a beagle. Because I loved and that. A pointer and I love. I'm gonna get a pointer. I'm gonna get an English pointer. And I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know about the hound right now, but I am gonna get a beagle, and I am gonna get a pointer, and I am gonna train them the same way I do these little dogs, and I'm gonna see if it, if I can do it, and I really believe I can. I've told people that, and they've laughed at me. Well, there's a lot of. You don't go back very far, and and some of the stuff that I do with the with the with the dogs that we have now, people would have laughed at me. If I told them I was going to do what I'm doing with them ten years ago, they'd laugh at me. And some of, and a lot of them are the you know the retriever trainers, the 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 ones that have been retrieving trainer retriever training for a long time. And this is how you do it, and this is how it has to be done, and and this is how you get the results you're looking for. There's a lot of bird dog guys, upland, let's say flushing guys, that look at me with my labs and go, that dog can't be a bird dog. It has to. I read this three times today that on forums that I get tagged into, and I just happen to check them out, check out the threads. And, and so I, I heard about guys talking about how to develop a good shed dog. And I heard multiple comments about you need a dog. The only the good shed dogs, the ones that are good, are the ones that absolutely cannot think about anything else but a shed that's all that gets them going they have to have them all the time they can't walk past them without picking there's sheds laying all around my house right now there are sheds all over here according to some of those ideas i could not have a good shed dog because they'd go bonkers in my house because there's sheds all the time there's sheds everywhere and they couldn't think they couldn't focus they couldn't get they couldn't walk through my house without having to pick them up all the time i don't allow that absolutely not because to me, that is loss of control. So pheasant dogs, if your pheasant dog can't walk through a pen of roosters on lead, off lead, in heel position, I'm not interested in it. Because the problem is, a lot of these people that talk about their pheasant dogs and they had to be bird crazy, bird crazy, bird crazy, bird crazy, shed crazy, hunt crazy, all this stuff about crazy, crazy, crazy about those objects. That stuff's been bred into these dogs for hundreds of years. We do not influence it. We don't have enough time to influence and impact a dog's drive for stuff. Dogs want to please us, bottom line. What we can, when we can explain to them what we want that will please us, they'll do it. So if you've got the idea, I, I want a dog that will be able to be under that complete control. And, these, and a lot of people will say, well, then you don't have a very good bird dog. But so here's the thing. When I'm out in South Dakota pheasant hunting and there's a slough that's a couple hundred yards long and it's full of birds because both fields on the, both sides of it have been combined and there's hundreds of birds in this slough. And we're going to walk it as a group. We're going to do a push from one end to the other. And you've got a dog that is bird crazy because you've got to have them bird crazy. You've got to have them loving birds. That's all they can do. They can't focus on anything else but birds. And you put that dog in that slough, 
and that dog goes bird crazy and runs and runs and runs and next thing you know the birds are running and the dog is following and they're out 200 yards and all the birds are blowing up and the blockers are out of position and the guys that are flushing and all you do is watch that bird that field empty out because your dog is bird crazy you're not getting invited on the next trip (laughs) what i want is i want the guy that has the dog that will heal with him off lead so that he doesn't have to worry about or think about or screw around with a dog on lead he just tells the dog to heal he walks he knocks a bird down we mark that bird down under control slow push we send a dog on that okay john you send your dog so he sends fido fido goes in and makes the retrieve and my dog ellie is standing on my side watching and waiting for her turn and then we work and you might get you might not get very far into that slew and you shot your limit well, what do you want to do? Back out, take the dogs, heal them back out, come back tomorrow morning because they're still going to be full of birds. But if you've got dogs that are so out of control that you can't handle them and control them, I have zero interest in a dog like that. And that's in the field. Now transfer it back to the house. you got a dog that's bird crazy, bird crazy. You're just wound, 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 wound. That transfers to when you're sitting at the house and you're watching TV and that dog just can't sit still can't sit still can't sit still gotta go gotta go pace back and forth those dogs are dogs that live in the kennel because they just can't have them in the house because they're bird crazy bird crazy i talked to the guy once that was a field trial american field trial big on the field trials loved his you know loved his titles and all that stuff and then i asked him how about how did how that dog do last year hunting he said this one i said yeah that's the one that has all the titles right yeah oh yeah a lot of ribbons and i said how did it do hunting last year why we don't hunt it so what do you mean you don't hunt it? We don't hunt it. We can't take it hunting. I can't keep this dog calm in a kennel. I can't keep it in the boat. I can't keep it in a blind. I have zero interest. And, now, and I said to him, I said, but why, why do you do all the trials? For, we breed the dog and we sell these dogs. These are hunting dogs. Those aren't hunting dogs. Those are trial dogs that if you can't have the dog in the house at night, I don't want it. If I can't have the dog live with our family, I don't want it. The family dog is 12 months out of the year. They're hunting dogs for a short, short window. So, got a little off subject with it, but I, I well, think... Well, we always go back to sports analogies, too, and you have to think, because I think it was, what, episode two or three in now, and I'm already getting them mixed up, but the one that you talked about, an athlete on and off the field and just having control. Yeah. But, I mean, you think about like somebody like Clay Matthews. He obviously has his sacks. He does everything. He goes out there, and he's an animal on the field, but you don't see him walking down the street and just tackling people because that's what he does. Right, it's discipline. <laughs> There's a time and place for it. And well, you know, we can take these dogs and we can have them understand. So, so you asked me before, how do you do it? Well, it's just like Coco did. Hunt, find it, find it, find it. And all of a sudden, Coco's nose started working. Coco's nose smelled the rabbit. Coco started following the rabbit because dad said, couple magic words with the magic tone and that was find it find it find it next thing you know that dog is it's like pavlov ringing a bell it's a classic conditioning thing it hears a certain way it hears a cadence it hears a rhythm it hears that tone it's not the words it's how you deliver the words consistently and time it to the certain situations or the appropriate behaviors or the disappropriate behaviors so when you want your dog my correction is very, very similar. Ah, 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 ah. I mean, how many times do you hear me do that in a day? A yeah. lot. The dogs know when Jared goes, ah, 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 ah. 
There's something that they probably shouldn't be doing, and they respond accordingly. It's because they've been super consistent. When they don't do something right, and I need to make a correction, there it is. When they're good, good, good. Like, that is heard a lot. Because when they do things right, they hear that. It's all, everything we do is tied to, the the verbal part of it, or the tone part of it, is tied to the action. And so... His little hunt command is how he's gonna. I want Ellie to. I want Ellie to go flush that bird. Okay, okay, let's go. Those are the. And I practice that when we're on walks. I walk down the road. I'll say, okay, let's go. That means my dogs can get out. They start to get out, and I've been on walks like that. And Ellie's flushed roosters, and they're within 20 yards of me. And I didn't even know the bird was there. But into the ditch she is because I'm letting her kind of free cast. And all of a sudden. She kind of, you can read their body language, and all of a sudden, she her tail changes a pace, her her body language changes, her ear, it's all these little tiny details that if you're not paying attention, you don't see it. But when you do, I go, huh, what's she on to? And then I can, go ahead, go ahead. I can reassure whatever she's doing. Go ahead, let's go, let's go. Find it, find it. And all of a sudden, I say that, and three dogs' heads just jumped up in our <laughs> living room because that same tone, and they just can't help but think there's something to be found. So... I don't think it's a bad thing as long as you don't lose control with it. I think there's so many of the, just the small habits too that people don't realize that dogs pick up on everything. Like you let Ellie outside every morning and you guys will go outside, feed the birds. She does her thing, you do yours. But if you get up in the morning and you put your boots on and you grab a gun, all of a sudden she's up on your left side and she's sitting looking at you saying, let's go. She knows that there's something different. Right. And, they, and, and what has to happen is you have to take that, you have to understand that and use it to your advantage. And that, we'll talk more about stuff like that in other podcasts, but there's, there's ways to flip switches with dogs on and off. And I think you have to be able to do that. So, so recap, I'd say the main question is, can you cross train your dogs? Yes easy, or no? <laughs> easy, easy. And in fact, I think it makes them better. Okay. So... All right, that's, that. that's it, and we are just over twenty-five, 25 on this one. So, so uh, we made it. So, Woo. okay, that's the third one. Um, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna continue to do these. Thank you for listening. If you like them, please do us a favor. I, I think you can even leave comments. That would yeah, be great. Comment, subscribe, share with your friends. Yeah, if, um, if you know someone that you think, and and, and also I think it's uh, it, it's kind of evolving into a bit of a pattern. Um, it's kind of the format, like. I think I think these are great opportunities. We're kind of getting multiple use out of some of the questions that we've gotten on other platforms, but I think there's ways to get to get questions more in depth, get answers to questions more in depth via these podcasts. So if you have some, send them to us. Yeah, um, and if there's something, because obviously we're new to this, and if you think something was great, if you think there's feedback yeah, I'd love to, to hear. be had, we would love to hear that. Love and to hear if, it. If we have a question and you don't think that it's been answered fully or maybe you have questions from that, um, just refer to whichever podcast you heard it in just yeah. so we know and we can I, look back and then we can elaborate that on that more. It's the beauty, of, the, beauty of, uh, the beauty of lives. Like we're doing this series of Live with Spry. It's on our Facebook page. Best place to find it is probably our YouTube, page, YouTube channel, I guess, at Dogbone Hunter. That is a really interesting thing that's evolved. I love it. I love doing them. I think they're really valuable. The nice part about them is the platform we do them on is live, which allows for interaction. I can, get, I can, someone can ask a question. I can ask them a question back. They can answer me. We don't have that here with the podcast. But what I think is real interesting is 
if there's stuff that comes up we're talking about i don't know we certainly don't cover everything so i think if there's you know more stuff that you you listen to this podcast and you go that makes sense but what about this shoot it to us and those are ways that we can kind of build off of some of these some of these as they continue to go i mean it 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 will it this will evolve and we'll we'll find a good fit for it but uh so far this is kind of the 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 form that we're looking at it in I don't know. I'm liking it so far. Yeah, and if you can leave a review, that's big with iTunes and podcasts. So if you can leave a review, yeah, I hate, on it, I hate <laughs> asking. I hate asking for stuff, but it's an ugly I, part of it. But we have to do it to I'd, keep uh, it growing. I tell you what, comments and reviews and and ratings and all that stuff, it means the world to us. So I thank you for it. I thank you for listening, and we will be back on future ones here. So episode four is next. Stay with us.